Well, good morning. I want to add my words to Miss Sharla, who you heard from earlier, and say thank you for the many of you. We had 140 of you that helped make Mission McKinney happen this week. And we have 17 people now in the kingdom of God because of what you did in our neighborhoods. And then many more relationships as you've loved our neighbors to help grow relationships with those that we live around. Thank you for investing in that. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to grab it. Turn with us to the book of Romans. We are now journeying through chapter 9 in the book of Romans. If you're online, welcome. I want to also invite you to find Romans either physically or digitally. Uh, We have one in the pew in front of you if you'd like to have a physical copy of the Word of God. If you don't own a Bible, we'd love to give you that one this morning. So I'm type A. Which means I like to try to fix things. There's a lot of other things that go with being type A, but I like to try to fix things. Now, what I'm going to share with you, I realize is very first world when it comes to problems. But I'm going to share with you a few things that I have been trying to fix related to our house in the last few years. We bought our home because of the trees and our house is in the full shade all the time trees. I've been trying to grow grass in the shade. Another problem I've been trying to fix and I say problem loosely is I'm trying to grow flowers in the shade, but not only is there shade around our house, there are these little fuzzy things with big ears, like everywhere. Have y'all noticed in McKinney? And anything that seems to have a flower on it becomes their favorite thing to eat in our yard. So I'm trying to fix that. Another first world problem that I'm trying to fix is it just so happens that with the trees and the rabbits comes these other things that are called rats. And our neighborhood has rats. I mean, maybe y'all are McKinneyites and you've, I mean, a lot of them. And it was fun talking to neighbors when they had rats, but when we got the rats in, (laughs) it became less fun. Now, My personality, I'm going to try to fix it. So I like to read all the reviews, and I went on Amazon, and I tried the things that were best reviewed on Amazon for all three. Shade grass. Didn't work. The flowers that we went, we went to the larger, you know, Lowe's, Home Depot, you know, and we went around, we, they, we, These will work. Nope, they were gone two days later. I tried the YouTube fixes for the rats, like the the peanut butter traps over the buckets. I mean, I tried the the recommended poison, like, can I say that out loud? (laughs) Children, I mean the uh, removal of the rat. Anyway, didn't work. So, one day, a few years ago, still remember it because it's like one of those moments in my life, I decided I'm going to go to the local 
store where the people who are in our neighborhood really know what to do to help me as I try to fix this problem. So I went just southeast of the square to Collin County Feed and Seed. Anyone been in there? Like it's just, you feel cultured just by walking in the door. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Guys, if you want to feel more like a man, just walk in that store once a month and walk out. So I walked in the store, Collin County Feed and Seed, and there's a counter right here with a cash register. Nobody's there. But over in the back left corner, there were two computer chairs that were in the corner, and there were two gentlemen there that I could tell just by looking at them had much more experience in life in McKinney than I did. So I walked over and I said, hey, gentlemen, do y'all work here? And they nodded. I was like, all right. So, well, I've got a few problems I was hoping you could help me try to fix. And they nodded. So I said, okay, my, my yard, I'm in McKinney, and, and I've got all these trees, and I'm trying to grow grass. And I've tried the whole plug of St. Augustine that was recommended, it didn't work, and I tried the, the shade grass, and I, I was wondering what, what you would recommend for me if I'm trying to grow grass in the shade. And they turn, this is a true story, <laughs> they turn, they look at each other, and then they turn and look back at me, and one of, I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> they look back at me, and one of them said, rocks. <laughs> it's like, rocks. Okay, rocks. All right, yeah. Uh, and so I smiled. He didn't break a smile. So, okay, I'm going to move on to my next problem I'm having. I need to try. So, I've, I'm trying in my shady yard to grow flowers, but I've got rabbits, and the rabbits are eating my flowers, so I want to know what you'd recommend. They turn and look at each other, turn and look back at me, rocks. And at that point, I just, I couldn't help myself. I started to laugh. I was like, this is really funny. And then, thank goodness, he also, he, he broke a smile at that point. He, he smiled. I was like, okay, so rocks for my grass and flowers. I've got another problem. I've got, I've got rats, and I can't figure out how to get rid of them. I tried all this, and I don't know why I give everybody the spiel. And so, do you have anything that could help me get rid of the rats? Turn and look at each other. <laughs> they turn and look back at me, and then the man who had not spoken said, Now that we can fix. He stood up, he went in the back, and he came out with this yellow box of, I don't know what was in it, but it got rid of my rats. <laughs> it was awesome. Why do I start there? I like to try to fix things. I, I really do. In fact, I'm, I feel like I'm trying to fix things all the time. Sometimes even things that aren't broken. There's a part of me that actually gets joy in fixing things. I'm looking at a few of you in the room that can fix things better than me, and I'm jealous of that. You've helped me fix things. 
It's one thing to try to fix grass in your yard or flowers or rats. I mean, those things really don't matter that much in the long run. What matters, what really matters, is your relationship with God. You and I being right with God is what the book of Romans is really all about. But many of us, many of us, live our lives trying to fix our relationship with God. And what's going to happen in chapter 9 is Paul now is going to transition. If you're with us last week, I'm, just, I'm surprised you're back, frankly. Uh, because last week we, we, we moved from chapter 8, Paul saying, for those who are in Christ, there's no condemnation. He said last, uh, in chapter 8, which wasn't last week, he said, it, not only is there no condemnation of those in Christ, it builds this beautiful climax that there's no separation that will ever come from the love, for the love of God. We're not going to be separated from God's love if you're in Christ. And he had talked in chapter 8 about, if, if for those he foreknew, he also predestined, though he predestined, like that's to choose beforehand, he calls, how do we get called through the gospel, hearing the gospel, those he calls, he also justifies, he declares us not guilty, those he justifies, he conforms us to the image of his son, he helps us live in love like Jesus, and those he, he conforms him to his son, he, he's going to glorify, to be with God eternally in heaven, that's awesome if you're in Christ. But chapter 9, he transitions, what about the many who are not in Christ? And he transitions the focus to the salvation of the many in Israel who do not know Jesus. And so he starts talking about what are we going to do about the many people in Israel who do not know Jesus. And he addresses the, the, the tension of, okay, if you believe in a sovereign God... Is, is, is that sovereign God and many people are not saved? Is, is he unfaithful to his promises? Is that sovereign God unjust? Is that sovereign God unfair? This is where we were last week. And you came back. It must be because you were predestined to be back in the room, I guess. I don't know. But you're here. He answers those questions with a strong no. God is incredibly faithful. He's merciful. And we see his glory through what he does. And it's better if he's in charge than us, right? He transitions today from talking about the sovereignty of God to talking about the responsibility of man in salvation. The sovereignty of God, last week, responsibility of man this week. And I want to say that word again, responsibility. And really what, what, what is the thing that we're going to get to try to do is just to... We're able, responsibility, we're able to respond to what God has done. And he's going to show us that many people are not going to be right with God. Why? Why? Because they keep trying to make themselves right with God on their own. They keep trying to plant grass in the shade when it comes to their relationship with God on their own. They keep trying to plant flowers in the shade with rabbits all around, and it's not going to work. So what will? Stand with me. Stand with me. How do we get right with God? Is it through trying harder? Is it? Verse 30 of chapter 9. 
What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness, they didn't try hard to be righteous, have attained it? That is a righteousness that is by faith, but that Israel who pursued, they were trying so hard, a a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith. But as if it were based on works, their, their efforts, they have stumbled over the stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone rocks <laughs> of a stumbling, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Pray with me. Oh, Holy Spirit, we ask in the name of Jesus right now that you would help us see in your word what you inspired Paul to write. God, help us see our responsibility when it comes to salvation. And God, for the many here in the room that are trying but are still separated from God, help us see really what your word says. Pray for me that the Spirit would help me communicate clearly, that it would be helpful. God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you're taking notes today, two points that will lead us to put them together to find our main point I believe that Paul is making here in the text. First, no one makes themselves right with God by trying harder. No one makes themselves right with God by trying harder. Let's see what the Bible says. Verse 30 again. What shall we say then, after talking about the sovereignty of God when it comes to salvation, what shall we say then, that Gentiles who did not pursue, that word we're going to see three times, it's people who are running after, trying hard to attain something, did not pursue righteousness, that's when they are doing all things right, which would make them right with God, the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it. That is a righteousness that is by, what's the word? Faith. We'll get to see that a lot in our text. But that Israel, who pursued a law, who was trying to do the right thing that would lead to righteousness, did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it. They didn't try it by faith. But as it were based on works, their own effort, something they would do themselves, they have stumbled over the stumbling stone, rocks, 
Somebody tell us in the Bible when it talks about the stumbling block, even the cornerstone, the stone that the builders reject, what, what is that rock? What is that stone? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Those who were trying to make themselves right have now stumbled over Jesus. The stumbling stone, verse 33, as it is written, He's going to quote now out of Isaiah chapter 28 and also out of Isaiah chapter 8. Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So what is Paul talking about? Well, he's going to continue to talk about it, but to give you a little context, he's, he's talking about the people of Israel. They, they were the ones that God gave the law. The law was all of the, yeah, the parameters around what God commanded his people to do. Was the law bad? Well, the law wasn't bad. The law was not enough to save them, but they sure tried hard to save themselves, many Many tried to obey the law and tried to earn favor with God. And as they tried to earn favor with God, we read in the New Testament that a lot of the religious leaders got prideful in themselves, in their own righteousness. And so when Jesus showed up and Jesus said, you're unrighteous, you need to believe in another righteousness, that was a stumbling block for them. What? All that I'm trying to do is not what's making me right with God? Pick up with me verse 10. Not verse 10, chapter 10 now. Chapter 10, verse 1, as we continue forward. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Remember the beginning of chapter 9, he's in agony and turmoil wanting these people to be saved. Interesting, as you look at the fact that Paul's just talked about election, predestination, choosing beforehand that God did in Ephesians, he says, before the creation of the world, that doesn't keep Paul from praying really hard for the salvation of people. Somehow these things go together, that our prayer, we should be praying for the people who don't know Jesus. It definitely didn't keep Paul from sharing the gospel. He did it like no one else ever has. He's praying that they would be saved. Verse 2, for I bear witness that they have a zeal for God. They, they, they are trying really hard. You know you can be genuine in your religion and be genuinely wrong? I think often having religious background hurts people when it comes to receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? They have this zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own. They're trying to make themselves right. They did not submit to God's righteousness, which comes through Christ. Verse 4, we'll see. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Again, my attempt to summarize what he said in these verses is no one makes themselves right with God by trying harder. He said a lot of people that were Jews who were trying to make themselves right through the law, but it was not making them right with God. Does anybody drink this anymore? I'm just curious. 
Like everything now is like sparkling water for some reason. Yeah. Y'all know what this is, right? This is Coke. All right, here we go. I can't believe I even had to say that out loud. Okay, I'm going to pour Coke in the glass. Is the, the Coke look clean? Or no, That's a poor way of asking. Can you see through the Coke? No, okay. Uh, the, the, you cannot see through the Coke, right? The Coke is like... So the, the, here's the reality of your life and mine, okay? In, in your life and mine, uh, you've done wrong, I've done wrong. Uh, if we were a, a glass full of something, we, were, we would be dirty, Right? Very few people I share the gospel with, one-on-one, have, have issue with the Bible saying that all of us have sinned. We've all messed up. Romans tells us that, right? And he does it through quoting a bunch of the Old Testament passages. So the, the Israelites believed, I mean, it was in their own writing, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But here's, here's what they decided to do. They decided, well, here, I'm going I'm to work really hard to kind of clean this up. Okay, I'm going to try really hard, okay? What's the problem? I might, I might be cleaning the outside of the cup a little bit, right? <laughs> but the mess that's inside is still the same, right? Is, is this going to clean the Coke? Is it going to make it clear? No. But yet, I do that. And maybe you do that sometimes, trying to make you right with God. Paul says that's not going to make you right with God. It's, it's like trying to, to grow grass in full shade. It's not going to work. Isaiah 64 says our, our righteousness is like filthy rags. No one makes themselves right with God by trying harder. So how do we get right with God? Here's what Paul will say. Everyone, everyone, he'll use that word actually in our passage three different times. Two more times, all. Interesting, just after teaching election, predestination, everyone who trusts in Jesus is made right with God. Verse 5, chapter 10. For Moses writes, Paul is just quoting the top off the Old Testament. (laughs) Moses writes, he's going to quote out of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, about the righteousness that is based, excuse me, on the law. Wow, wow, two weeks in a row. I'm sorry, excuse me if you heard me burp. I don't like burping in sermons. It's God's, God's way of continuing to humble me. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law. That the person who does the commandments shall live by them. It's in Leviticus. Moses said if you do the commandments you can live by them. But has anyone done the commandments? No, this is what your life looks like in mine in in light of the the commandments. And everybody in Israel, we've all disobeyed. The, the, the problem was not in the commandments, it was in the people trying to obey them. Verse 6, he's going to move to Deuteronomy. I want you to understand what's happening in Deuteronomy before I read the passage. In this passage that he's going to quote out Deuteronomy, Moses is trying to help the people understand, inspired by God, that the law 
is not far away from them that they have to go and try to find. God has made it clear and evident, here's the law. It's in front of their face. It's, it's as close as their mouth and their heart. They don't have to go over the ocean to go get the law. God has brought it to them. And Paul now is going to equate that to what Jesus has done. We don't have to go to try to find Jesus. He's done what he did with the law, now with Jesus, so that it's in front of us and we can respond to him. Here's what he says. Verse 6. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, this is now quoting out of that passage, Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. You don't have to go try to find Christ. He's, he's come already from heaven. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. He's already raised, rose and, risen, risen again. Right? In front of us. Verse 8. But that does, what, what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. The gospel is as close as your mouth and your heart. That what Jesus has done is is right in front of your eyes. And he's going to use now this passage that's talked about mouth and heart to show you how you can respond to the gospel. Verse 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Back to verse 9. Let's dig in this a little bit. What did Paul just say? I can't make myself right with God, but God's done something to make me right. What's my responsibility? What do I need to do? Verse 9. If you confess, agree with God, with your mouth, that Jesus is, what does the mouth have to do with it? Again, he's using this passage in Deuteronomy to share the gospel. This is the only place in the New Testament we see actually the mouth involved in our believing. But they go together. In fact, we'll see in the next verse that he's tying these two to the same event. I used to at one point in my life think, well, he's talking about we trust in Christ and then we need to proclaim our faith in Christ later through baptism. That's what I was thinking he was saying. But he's actually, these are two things going together. He said, if, if you, if it's close to you, you hear the gospel and you believe in him and you confess Jesus is, what's the word? Lord. Jesus. This is the earliest and most basic Christian creed. What does Jesus is Lord mean? Well, again, back up to what was going on at this time in Rome. There was a king whose name was Caesar. And if you were supporting the Roman rule of Caesar, you would say, Caesar is Lord. It was common at that point in time. He's the ultimate reigning supreme Caesar as Lord. Christians who were persecuted like crazy in the first 300 years in Rome. Christians came along and said, no, it's not Caesar as Lord. They didn't rebel against the government. 
They actually took care of a lot of people that got sick and wounded and were dying and whatever in Rome. But Christians said, there's a new king and there's a new kingdom. And Jesus is the one who reigns supreme. He says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and, this is happening at the same time, and you believe in your heart, not that there was a Jesus figure that lived, like almost every historian right now, Christian or non, believes there was a Jesus. Not that you just believe Jesus was a good teacher. There are a lot of religions that believe Jesus was a good teacher, which you really can't believe because Jesus taught that he was Lord. You can't just believe Jesus is a good teacher. He says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, there's a new king in my life, and believe in your heart that he died on the cross to take away your sin, he was the perfect sacrifice so that you can be declared right with God. This is what he's summarizing. He's already explained in Romans that God raised him from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, you will be saved, he says. Has it ever happened in your life? You notice the if? Is Jesus your king? Is he your savior and Lord? Next verse helps us understand it even a little more. For with the heart one believes and is justified, justified, declared not guilty by the judge, right with God. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. Saved, what is salvation? Salvation is when you are declared not guilty by the judge and you're made right with God. You see they're happening at the same time. Verse 11, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see what he just said? There are a lot of people that push back on Christianity because they think that Christianity is too exclusive. Yes, the gospel is clear that there's one way to heaven and that's Jesus. But it is the most inclusive teaching of any religion out there. Why? Because anyone who believes and receives, anyone who says, he's king, he's Lord, he died on the cross for my sin, anyone can be saved. Even if this is what your life looks like. The church of Jesus Christ is the most diverse organism in the history of the world. Every continent, every people group. Like it's all, ah, all right. So here we go. No one makes himself right with God by, right, trying harder. Everyone who trusts in Jesus, trusts that Jesus has done for you on the cross, trust in Jesus, is made right with God. Now, I don't know if you've seen this little trick here before. This is not my effort that's going to make this white. If I would just leave it here over time, the bleach would take over itself, right? This is like a foreign righteousness (laughs) that is poured into our life. 
And what happens? What happens? Okay? Kids, if any of you want to stick around for like 30 minutes, that will be actually completely white. Now, let me take that back. Kids, your parents are not going to let you stick around for 30 minutes. <laughs> Sermon's not going to be that much longer. <laughs> you can try it. No, maybe you should. Never mind. <laughs> Have you ever received the responsibility that God has given us in his sovereignty is to believe and receive what Jesus has done. Have you ever confessed with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Has that ever happened for you? Again, the other passages in the New Testament don't actually pull the mouth in, but we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk mouth here in just a second, but it's believe, trust, faith. Few of you have seen me do this illustration, but here, here's what I want you to see today. It's, again, big point. I'm going to put these two together, okay? If, if you're trying to make yourself right with God, here's my challenge to you. Stop trying and start trusting. At the, every other religion teaches you it's your work, not Christianity. Christianity teaches it's Jesus' work. Well, then what do you do about it? Trust him. What is that? Believe in him. Okay. How do I? I'm going I'm to go believe that. What, what, what is that? I'm going to faith it. How do I? You want to try to faith, right? <laughs> what does that mean? Okay. Uh, right now, I'm holding myself up based on my effort, my feet, Right? The chair is here. It was made, chairs are made, to hold you up so that you don't have to do the work, right? That's what chairs are for, so you can rest in them. There are a lot of people that come to, to church, and they're, they're like, well, yep, I'm holding myself up. And when it comes to Jesus, they're like, well, that looks like a good chair. Yeah, but I think I'll, I'll just keep holding myself up and keep trying to do this now, some people go to, to conferences about chairs, and so they can learn about chairs. Oh, look, th this chair, it says, uh, this article meets the flammability requirements of California. Wow. Yeah, made in Vietnam. I, I met someone here this morning that's from Vietnam. That's cool. This chair's from, made in Vietnam. New materials only. Wow. I mean, I could learn, I could read about this chair. I could even sing songs about chairs. Wow. Chairs are great. Chairs are great. And stand over here, right? Or I can stop trying and start trusting. Now, it's hard, right? Maybe you've sat in a chair that's broken before. And you're like, eh. Some of you are really hoping this would break when I sit down, right? <laughs> Have you done this with Jesus? This is the gospel that God sent his son to do what you and I can't. He took the penalty that you and I deserve. When we get off of our own two feet and we say, Jesus is Lord, I believe that he died for me and you raised him from the dead. When that happens, you're saved. Has that ever happened? I'm going to invite you right now to do it. Bow with me.
Say, God, I, I, I believe I'm a sinner. I deserve punishment for my sin. I believe Jesus died to take the punishment I deserve and rose again, overcoming the grave for me. Do you believe that? I'm, I'm getting off of my trying to earn myself right with God, and I'm trusting in what Jesus did for me. If, if you believe that, I want you to say with me, with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Say it with me, one, two, three. Jesus is Lord. God, I pray for those that are making that decision right now. God, I pray they would know the joy of walking with Jesus. Your, your word teaches Christians that we can now make every effort to add to our faith. And then Peter lists it out. What we get to do, right? We have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling because we save ourselves. No, because it's God who is now at work in us for his good pleasure. God, I pray for those that are trusting in you, that they would know the joy of you, them being used by God to make disciples for your glory. Let's stand and sing together. Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we want to invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live and love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's going to preach the Bible and exalt Jesus? Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.